Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, we are continuing our study this morning from the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, seven letters to the seven churches. And uh, I hope that the series has been a help and an encouragement to you. If you've been with us on the journey so far, uh, a few things that we can remember. We first were really helped, um, just like the church at Ephesus. We were helped in recognizing that our motive matters. And it was to the church at Ephesus that Jesus, through John, said these words, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm glad for everything you're doing, but I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. And encourage, Jesus encouraged the church at Ephesus, hey, your motive matters. Why you do what you do matters. In the Christian life, why you serve, why you give, why you attend church, why you and I do what we do, it really matters. And so we were helped that first week to just be reminded that the motive of love in our service to God, that should be the driving motive in everything we do. The second week, the second letter, the second message, we were really challenged with the believers of Smyrna to understand the fact that we can remain faithful in times of trial and in challenging times because really, if we're honest, it's actually not that bad. If you were here at the service that we talked about that week in Smyrna, Man, those, those early believers, they were really going through persecution. They were literally giving their life for the cause of Christ. And Jesus challenged them, hey, you can stand strong even in the midst of persecution. And if Jesus could encourage them to stand strong in their persecution, I think we can stand strong in our 21st century comfortable Christianity. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. No one's marching in today and saying, if you believe in Jesus, I'm killing you. And I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have and we should take advantage of that. And so that week we were challenged with the idea, if they can stand strong in the midst of persecution, you and I, we can stand strong in our freedom and we can stand faithful in our freedom. And then last week, last week we learned a few things. One of the things we learned last week is that Pastor Carlos will never sleep with snakes. If you were here last week, that was a part of his message. Of course, he did a great job preaching about the church of Pergamos. And the challenge last week from the word of God was that you and I can stand firm for Jesus even in a culture that is completely corrupt. This week we come to our fourth message. The message is to the believers at the church of Thyatira. Before we get to the message today, I want to ask you if you can remember ever hearing this statement, hey, just go with the flow. I'm not going to have you raise your hand this morning. No doubt everybody in here, you've heard that. You've probably said that. Hey, just go with the flow. The saying, just go with the flow, is attributed to a Roman emperor, Marcus Aurelius. He didn't just say, go with the flow, but he said something along those lines, but that term actually didn't become, faith, didn't become famous or used a lot until the 1960s. Yeah, you're laughing because you lived it. The 1960s, hey man, just go with the flow. 
That statement, just go with the flow, you've said it. It's been said to you. That idiom or that expression is normally linked to encouraging people to just fit in. The definition of the statement, if you were to look up, they have certain statements that you can actually look up the definition, like what does this all mean together? The definition of the statement, just go with the flow, it means this, to do what other people are doing or to agree with other people because it's the easiest thing to do. Now, let's be honest. There are times we need to just go with the flow. Every parent wants their kids every now and then, hey, just go with the flow here. Don't put up a bunch of resistance. Just, let's just, we're all going to the restaurant and smile and be happy today. Every parent has that conversation with your kids. We're gonna do this. Whether you like it or not, go with the flow, buddy. There are times when we use that. There are times at work. At work, there are times when it's not your favorite thing to do, but you, you gotta go with the flow. In your marriage, there's times it's not your favorite thing, but you just got to go with the flow. But overall, most of the time when that statement, go with the flow, is used, it's used to say, just fit in. Don't put up resistance. Don't stand out. Just go with the flow. I wanna say this morning that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've received him into your life, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus alone. I wanna tell you this morning, the title of the message for you and I today is this, don't go with the flow. If you are going to live out true fellowship of Jesus, listen, if you and I are going to be Christians in our corrupt culture, we have to go against the flow. And that is the challenge that was given to the believers at Thyatira. And this morning, you and I are gonna receive the same challenge. So let's take our Bibles. Let's go to Revelation chapter number two. And we're gonna stand together. Let's stand. We're just gonna read three verses this morning as we get started. Revelation chapter number two. And we're gonna read verse 18, 19, and 20 just to get started. And then we'll continue. The the letter to the church at Thyatira is actually the longest of the seven letters. And I believe it's to kind of help us. We'll see the length of it will help us understand context and uh, really the application that will shine out toward the end of the message. Revelation chapter two, beginning in verse number 18. Under the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, these things saith the son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith, And I know your patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because thou sufferest or you allow that woman Jezebel, 
which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Now, you and I, we jump right into that passage. It's like, all right, what does it mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're gonna find it out this morning. The church at Thyatira, many refer to them with this title. They are the compromising church. The church at Thyatira, compromising. Church at Pergamos, the sinful church. Church at Smyrna, the suffering church. And now church at Thyatira, hear what they are. They're the compromising church. This morning, they were compromising because they were just going with the flow. We're gonna see it today. They were going with the flow of culture around them. They didn't wanna stand out. But I would like to present to you this morning this thought. God's desire for every follower of Jesus is that you would stand out. God doesn't want you just to fit in. He's called you to something better. And so today we're gonna be challenged with this thought. Stand out, don't just go with the flow. I believe it'll be a help to us. Let's pray and then we'll dive into the passage. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you take just a minute and in the quietness of your own heart, would you pray and ask the Lord, ask God to speak to you today. God, would you please speak to me today? Lord, would you help me today to hear from you? And then make a commitment, God, if you speak to me, I'm listening to you today. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love and your care. I'm thankful today for this passage. Lord, for how you have uh, challenged me in this. I pray that you would work in my heart again. I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one of us to hear from you exactly what you want us to hear. And Lord, that we would be encouraged. Lord, to be a believer that follows you wholeheartedly, that desires to not just go with the flow of culture, but to stand for you in our corrupt culture. We love you. We pray that you'd use right now to work in each of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we come to the passage this morning, we're introduced to the church of Thyatira. Uh, Thyatira, one of the seven churches in these seven cities that we read about in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Um, Thyatira would be kind of the, one of the more inland uh, churches, one of the more inland cities. We've already met Ephesus, that port city, Smyrna, a port city. Uh, Pergamos, really not necessarily a port city, but considered one because of trade. Thyatira was a city that really we don't know a ton about because Thyatira wasn't a popular place. Thyatira wasn't a thriving metropolis. Thyatira, it wasn't necessarily a destination city. Really what Thyatira was known for, two things that Thyatira was known for. Number one, they were known for the worship of the god Apollo. They had one of the, um, maybe we would say one of the best or most popular temples to the god Apollo, the sun god. They were also known for being a 
a, a guild city. Now, what is a guild city? Well, Thyatira was a city of commerce, a lot of things taking place, a lot of exchange taking place. Uh, we would call it maybe a blue collar society. It was a working society. So the guilds would be like our unions. So a worker's guild, a worker's union. If you wanted to advance, now, now stay with me. I'm gonna give you some background that you've gotta know for the context of the passage today. If you wanted to advance in your career, if you were someone who worked with stones or metals, or if you were a farmer that wanted to really get crops out there and you really wanted to be known, then you would need to be a part of a union or a guild because being a part of that guild guaranteed advance in your career in Thyatira. So Thyatira is popular just for those couple of things. We don't know a lot about Thyatira except for in scripture, except for Revelation and the book of Acts chapter number 16. There was a woman from Thyatira who was living in Philippi. Paul witnessed to her. She received Jesus Christ as her savior. She was a businesswoman. Her name was Lydia. She was a seller of purple. She dealt with uh, the purple material that would be used and sold to royalty. Uh, this is where Lydia was from, Thyatira. I said a moment ago, they were known for their worship of Apollo. Apollo, the, the sun god. Apollo, if you look it up, um, last week, Pastor Carlos talked about um, uh, Asclepius. Apollo is considered to be the father of Asclepius. Apollo is one of the top 12 of the Greek gods that would live on Mount Olympus. In this Greek mythology, Apollos was one, he was seen specifically in Thyatira and the region. Um, he was seen as one that had almost all knowledge. He was one that because of being the sun God, um, sun light illuminates. And so Apollo knew a lot and he could illuminate a lot of things for you. And Apollo is, a thought, is thought to have been very, very powerful. <clears throat> well, pastor, why does that matter? We don't need to know about Apollo. We need to know about God. Why, why does that matter? It matters for the context. Because who the Lord is writing to helps us understand the message. So what is the message that he gave to these believers? Okay, well, first thing he said, we're, here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna break the passage down and then I'm gonna give you some principles to take home. Message opens up. To the angel of the church of Thyatira, right? All right, now remember, to the angel, that's the messenger or the leadership, the pastor, Hey, to the pastor of the church at Thyatira, I want you to write. And here's what I want you to say. Now notice what Jesus does. This is Jesus writing through John to the people. These things saith, not the son God, these things saith the son of God. Now that, now you and I in our English vernacular, we read that statement, the son of God. Okay, we know Jesus. That statement, the son of God, to one reading in this day, that statement literally means God in the flesh. So here's Jesus writing to the believers at Thyatira. Now stay with me, all right? If you lose me, just go like that and I'll come back. <laughs> writing to the, the, the believers of Thyatira who are entrenched 
in the worship of Apollo, the sun god, who claims he has great wisdom. To these people, Jesus says, uh, hey, I wanna remind you who's writing this letter. It is the son of God. (laughs) It isn't the sun god that might know some things. No, 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 no. I am writing to you as God in the flesh. And I'm gonna take it a step further. His eyes, you see that? His eyes are like a flame of fire. Hey, your you're son God, he can, he can do a lot. I literally am the perfect God who sees everything. Oh, you, you think your son God can illuminate some stuff? No, no, no. You know, you know how the sun is made of fire? My eyes are flames of fire. I can see everything. And then whose feet are like fine brass. Brass, a very solid metal of the day, probably the most trusted metal and the, uh, the one that would be very valuable, one that people would look to. And here's what Jesus says. I mean, that would be the hardest shiny metal that a warrior would wear, one who is a great protector. Jesus says, yeah, that's just my feet. What is Jesus doing? And now you gotta, we, oh, you gotta catch the context of who he's writing to. We are, we are believers in Thyatira, who were surrounded by this Greek worship of uh, this Greek god, Apollo. We are in this and we're trying to stand strong. And here's Jesus writing to you and saying, hey, they worship somebody who they think knows a lot. You worship the one who knows everything. They think they worship somebody who can see a lot. You worship the one who sees everything. They worship the one who they think has some power. Hey, my friend, you worship the one who is power. Man, that is an encouragement to the believers of Thyatira. That's who's writing this letter to you. And let me tell you some things, church at Thyatira. I know your works, your actions, your deeds. And and I know your charity. This is love in action. Hey, you are a loving church and I see it. And I know your, your service. Man, you minister to people. Hey, church at Thyatira, I see the ministries that you do and, and I see your faith. What is faith? The faith that's described here is a reliance upon Christ, a belief that drives everything you do. Hey, you believe God and you step out every time he asks you to. And then I know your patience. Patience, constant endurance. Man, you guys are putting up with a lot, but you are still standing. And thy works. What is that? And thy works. Well, the the next phrase helps us with that. That the last to be more than the first. Well, what is that? Okay, he starts with works. I know your works, charity, service, patience, faith, and your works. He starts with works and ends with works. And your last is more than your first. What's he saying to them? Hey, you are growing in God and you are not where you started. (laughs) He's like, hey, your works, I saw your first works back here, but I also see your latter works and you guys, you've got it. You are doing something well. What a commendation. I mean, what a comment. Wouldn't it be great if the Lord said that to you? I don't know about you, but I want that said to me. Dennis, where you started is not where you are. You started, but you love and you are faithful and you are patient and you are serving. And Dennis, where you are right now, you are way further along than when you started. That's what, he, that's what he's saying to him. 
Now, why is this encouraging? <clears throat> well, everybody wants to be a growing Christian. If you're a follower of Jesus, you want to be growing. I mean, unless, unless you're just living out checkmark Christianity, you want to be growing. The people who live off checkmark Christianity, they gauge their growth by check marks. Well, went to church, check. Well, read my Bible, check. Well, I did this, check. No, no, no. The people who are really growing, it's measured by love. And you don't measure it. God does. It's measured by faith and faithfulness and patience and endurance. And you don't measure it. God does. And here's this church at Thyatira, and I, I love this comparison. Because the church at Thyatira, remember, it's not a big town. It's not the church at Corinth where they're really gifted. It's not the church at Ephesus that had Apollo or Apollos as a pastor, the great order, and Paul and Timothy and John. No, this is Thyatira. All we have going for us is a businesswoman that was famous in Acts 16. And that, you know, man, we're not a big town. They were called the compromising church. You want to know, listen, stay with me. You want to know why some people compromise? Is because they get a small town mentality. What do you mean, pastor? Small town mentality. Eh, who cares? Nobody's gonna notice. Nobody's gonna think anything different. I mean, everybody else is doing it. I mean, it's, you wanna know why a lot of the believers at Thyatira were compromising? We're gonna see how in just a minute. Is because they had the small town mentality. Well, who cares? No one else. You know what Jesus is helping them understand? Hey, listen, I saw the church at Ephesus and I see you too. You may think you're insignificant, but I see you and you are not insignificant. And I would venture to tell you this morning, maybe you need to hear it, that God would say the exact same thing to you. Maybe Moses Lake Baptist Church, you might think, well, what are we to build a building? I mean, we're just in Moses Lake, community of what, 28,000 in our city limits, 52,000 in a 10, 12 mile radius. I mean, we don't have much going for us. We're really not known for much. I mean, I was, I was in Hawaii last week and people were asking me, well, where are you from? And I'd say, Washington State. And they'd say, well, where from in Washington? I'd say, Moses Lake. And they'd go, huh? Was that in Seattle? No. Thank God it's not in Seattle. I'd say, oh, so you're over in Spokane. No, I'm glad I'm not in Spokane either. Well, what's the name of your town? Moses Lake. Wait, so your town is literally called Moses Lake. I'm like, dude, your town is called Kapa'a. Like, let's talk back and forth here. Now, you know what? A small town mentality, hey, listen, Christian, it can affect how you and I approach Christianity. You see, the believers at Thyatira, one of the reasons they compromised is perhaps because they thought, well, who cares? Can I tell you, God cares. And you may think I live in small town Moses Lake. Hey, but God cares about your testimony in this community. And God cares about a church building. And God cares about believers moving forward. Hey, I know your works and I know your charity and I see your service and I, I see your patience and I see your faith and you are a growing Christian. Hey, church at Thyatira, I commend you and the God of perfection and power completely sees you. But he continues. He says, notwithstanding, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. That phrase, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, it's almost a double attack. 
It, it literally means, well, it's like this. <clears throat> hey, son, hey, listen, um, you know, I'm glad you attempted to pick up your room. But I've got a few things to tell you that's gonna help you. Number one, don't push stuff under the bed. Number two, don't push stuff under your pillow. Number three, don't shove everything in the closet. Number four, fold your laundry. Number five, put the dirty laundry in the dirty laundry and the clean laundry in your drawers. Number six, son, put your trash away. Like, throw it away. Number seven, take your trash out. Parents, you've been there. If you're not a parent, when you were a kid, you were there. It's your parents saying like, hey, yeah, you tried, but I've got a lot of things to help you. That's what Jesus is saying to this church. Like, hey, church, I see you. I know you are growing, but I've got some things to talk with you about. And what are those things? First thing, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest. You allow that woman Jezebel. Now, whether or not this was an actual woman named Jezebel, most commentators don't believe that. I don't believe that because people would know history. Jezebel, the most wicked queen of Israel, the most wicked queen of the northern tribes of Israel. What did she do? She caused Israel to sin, to commit fornication, idolatry. So this is Jesus using kind of a statement. Hey, there is a woman among you who has the spirit of Jezebel. She's just like Jezebel of the Old Testament. She's that wicked. And what's she doing? Well, she calls herself a prophetess. What's that? Oh, I've heard from God. Listen, I have a message for you from God. Nobody else knows me and God. She's a prophetess. I have a corner on God. And she's teaching and seducing my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Okay. Now, oh, this, this is very, this is really, really good, but you gotta follow it. Thyatira worshiped Apollo, big temple. At the temples, very sinful things took place. To worship a God in Greek mythology just about every temple had temple prostitutes. And part of the worship of that God was to fornicate with those prostitutes, to have relationships with those prostitutes. That was expected. Also, every temple would have a feast to their God. Some would be more regular than others. Some once a year, once a month, once a week, have feasts to the gods. And if you were to go in and eat the meat or eat the food at that feast inside of the temple, you were putting a stamp of approval on the worship of that God. It was fellowship. Okay, now we know. Um, all right, we're, we, gotta, we gotta talk about it. We know in the book of Acts that the believers, they too fellowshiped, right? They came together in the breaking of bread. What were they doing? We are for each other, worshiping our God. Well, the false religions have that as well. If we're together and eating under one roof, the temple of our God, we are all putting our stamp of approval on it. Pause. 
you're a Christian, okay? You're a Christian in Thyatira. You're a businessman, you're a businesswoman. You want your business to move forward. Remember what I said at the beginning of the message? What would you be expected to be a member of? The guild or the union? Okay, you wanna know what the guilds and unions in Thyatira and most of the known world at that time, want to, known what the, want, want to know what they were married to? They were married to the local temple. Well, what does that mean? The guild parties? They would be at the temple of Apollo. The guild meals? They would be at the temple of Apollo. The guild great meetings that you would be expected to attend? Many of them would be at the temple. Many of them would be in accordance with the worship of the temple. Now you're a Christian. You want your, you know, your career to move forward. So I gotta be a part of a guild. Well, if I'm a part of a guild, what do I have to do? I've gotta go to the temple. If I go to the temple, I have to be involved in the rituals of the temple. I have to be involved in that which is sacrificed to the idols. So here's what was taking place. Well, I'll ask you this. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, do you believe that that is something God would say, oh yeah, I'm good with that? No. But in the church of Thyatira, there was somebody who said, hey, listen, I have a message from God and God said this, we live in this culture, we need to adapt a little bit. You want your business to go forward? Be a member of the guild. It's one time a year. Listen, fornicate. It's one time a year. Hey, go in and put your stamp of approval. Eat the, eat the idols, eat the food to the idols. It's one time a year. And if you don't, you're gonna be, you're gonna be an outsider. Your business won't go forward. You won't be able to give a lot to the church because you won't be making a lot. You won't be able to really help the church. You won't be able to help God's cause because you are the outsider. So you know what you need to do? You need to compromise a little bit and just give in a little here and it'll be all okay. That's what was taking place in the church of Thyatira. That is the notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. You could summarize the sins of Thyatira into these four things. They, were, have, they had a tolerance of false teaching. They just kept putting up with it and putting up with it. They had a tolerance of fornication. They were allowing people to have sexual activity outside of marriage and just not saying anything about it. They had a tendency to idolatry, putting things before God. And they had a tendency to compromise. Well, it's just one area. It's just one time. I'm not addicted. It's okay. They compromised. And what does Jesus come to them and say? He says, hey, listen, that's sin. I have that against you. And then notice verse 21. Jesus says this, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. I gave her space to repent. Hey, I had grace and I desired for this woman to repent. I desired for her to get everything right, but you know what she did? She resisted me. She was willfully sinning against God. This woman, whoever it was, maybe her name was Jezebel. I don't know, but we know that there was someone who was corrupting the church from within, compromising, saying, it's okay that you have this in your life. She knew it was wrong. And God says, I have spoken to her. I have given her a chance time and time and time again. The phrase I've given her a space to repent 
means more than once. I have given her a period of time to return to me, to repent, but she hasn't. So what's gonna happen? Verse 22, behold, I will cast her into a bed. That bed right there means a sick bed. And them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he that which searcheth the hearts, the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. What is Jesus saying to them? He is saying, I am going to judge sin. Now here's what I want us to understand. We are talking about people who were saved. We are talking about people who were followers of Jesus. Now, does the Bible help, help me out? Can someone who's trusted Jesus as savior put their faith and trust in Christ, will Jesus ever take that away? No, we cannot lose our salvation. So in this passage, he is not saying, I am going to make her lose her salvation. No, 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 God is saying, sin must be dealt with. I gave her a space to repent and she did not. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna judge her and then the phrase her children, it means the people who are following her teaching. Unless there's repentance, judgment is coming. Can I ask you, believer, what do you think God thinks about sin? Hey, what do you think God thinks about the tolerance of sin in our life? If he's looking at this and he's saying, I'm giving space to repent, but she does not repent. She needs to know judgment is coming. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God truly hates sin. And if Jesus died for it, Paul said, then why should we live in it? Because grace can abound? Well, grace abounds. No, no, no. Hey, listen, Yes, grace abounds, but grace is not licensed to continue in sin. And may you and I hear the, 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 the uh, echoes of scripture to be able to understand sin in my life is something that God says, get it out. Don't tolerate it. But notice what he says next in verse 24 and 25. But unto the rest of you, unto you, I say, unto the rest in Thyatira, I say, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you have already hold fast till I come. What's Jesus saying? Now stay with me. There's two groups of people in this church. A lot of you are following this woman and her teaching, but there are some of you, you are not. That's who he's talking to in these verses. But there are some of you, you have not listened to this doctrine. You have not known the depths of Satan that are being taught. Here's what I encourage you. Hold fast, stand strong. You've got this, hang on. Keep holding on to this. Hey, stay, stay true to what you know to be the doctrines that I've given you. And then he closes out the same way he's closed out every letter to the churches. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end to him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken into shivers. Even as I received of my father and I will give him the morning star. Remember when we read in Revelation two and three to him that overcometh, 
It's not to just do good and do more and be better. No, no, no. The overcomer, if you know Jesus Christ as your savior, you are the overcomer. We'll see it in just a minute. First John chapter number four, who is he that overcomes? He that believeth in the name of Jesus Christ. So he ends by saying, there is blessing for the believer. What is the blessing? One day you will reign with Christ. They're in charge now. One day I will be in charge, Jesus says, and you'll rule and reign with me. The second thing, I will give him the morning star. Many people attribute that, the morning star, Jesus Christ. Hey, you will be in my presence. Hey, one day, I wanna encourage you, church at Thyatira, stand firm. Why? Because you are an overcomer. You will rule and reign with me one day and you will be with me. Hey, you'll be with me. And then he closes out the letter by saying, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. So hear, apply, everybody who reads this, listen to it, apply it. Church of Thyatira, the compromising church. Now we look at this passage, we say, all right, pastor, great breakdown of the passage. What does it mean for me? What can we learn from this? Here's where we're going today and where we'll end in a minute. Thyatira is the story of two groups of people. One group went with the flow. They compromised. The second group did not go with the flow. The first group, they compromised their beliefs to fit into their corrupt culture. The second group, they did not compromise their beliefs and they did not fit in. One group allowed a false teacher to draw them away from truth. The second group did not allow the false teacher to draw them away from truth. The first group, they would face face harsh judgment from a righteous and perfect judge. The second group, they wouldn't be burdened with the judgment. One group went with the flow, the second went against the flow. I got a question for you today. Which group do you want to be in? Hey, if you're an honest, thinking follower of God today, you would say, I want to be in the second group. Man, I don't want to be a part of the compromising church. I don't want to be a part of those that, that went away from truth. So how do we do it? How do you and I go against the flow in a corrupt culture? Write these down and we're done. Number one, if we are going to go against the flow in a corrupt culture, we must filter everything through the word of God. Hey, filter everything through the word of God. Jesus said to the believers at Thyatira, there are some of you that are believing lies, but there are some of you, you know the doctrine. You know the truth. Believer, can I encourage you today? Filter everything that influences, hey, filter everything that influences your life through the word of God. We live in a day and age where anybody can have a platform. You can get online on social media and you can find a preacher about any doctrine or thought that you wanna have out there. Filter it through the word of God. Don't just believe it. Well, they're on the internet, must be true. 
My wife and I joke sometimes, people will text and be like, hey, did you see this article? Man, did you see this video? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I trust that fella. I remember a few years ago, many of you maybe, if you don't know, then just had nothing to do with you. But those of you that do know, there's a social media account out there called the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee, they put out fake, yeah, it's called satire. They put out fake headlines. I remember a few years ago, someone reposting a Babylon Bee article and it was like the end of the world. And it was like, oh my goodness, I've never seen this coming. And it was somebody that I was like, don't they know? And Pastor Brian, maybe you remember Pastor Brian walked in. He walked in and goes, Pastor, did you see this? So-and-so reposted this. It's the Babylon Bee. I was like, I know. He goes, do you want to tell them? I'm like, no. I'm just going to live this thing out, man. I'm going to read those quote, read those comments and all that. Hey, you know what? Listen, there are a lot of teachers online, but a lot of it's false. How do I know? Filter it through the word of God. What's the Bible say about it? And I appreciate there's some of you in here that we're, we're friends and there's some that'll come, hey, pastor, I read this online. What do you think about it? I, don't, I usually don't go, well, you know, in my years of study, <laughs> I usually say, give me some time. What we'll do is we'll dig into scripture. And I want that for me. I want that for you. Why? I want to filter everything through the word of God because that will help you stand. That will help you go against the flow in a corrupt culture. Number two, if I am going to go against the flow in a corrupt culture, I need to realize that I can grow without compromise. In this church is two groups. One group that was growing, right? Verse 19, I know your works, faith, love, patience, service, and your end works. And your end are better than the first. But there's some of you, your end is better than your first because you're compromising. Others of you, you haven't compromised and you are growing. Can I encourage you? Be a part of the second group. Don't compromise what you believe just to get ahead. I speak today to the businessman. Hey, don't compromise your beliefs to grow your business. Stand firm. I speak to the teenager today. Don't compromise your beliefs and what the scripture says just so you can fit in. Park there just for a second. In our culture right now, we live in a culture that says that uh, sex before marriage is okay for the family. Or excuse me, it's okay for the young person. God says it's not. Teenager, stand firm in what God says. Single, stand firm in what God says. We could take that and go down any road we want to to understand if culture says one thing and God says the other thing, stand with God. Don't be the compromising Christian. You can grow and not compromise. And if I'm going to go against the flow, I'm going to realize that I can grow without compromise. Number three, if I'm going to go against the flow, I need to understand that no matter, no amount of loving and sacrificial work can compensate for the tolerance of sin. This church, you can almost hear some of them do what many of us do. Jesus said to him, I know your works and all those things and you guys are good, but I have somewhat, I got some things against you because you're tolerating sin, the spirit of Jezebel, fornication, this idolatry, the compromise you're keeping around. Can you hear, can you hear some of the believers at Thyatira go, but wait, 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 wait. 
look at all the good. Hey, look at everything we're, we're doing. Hey, look at how we are accomplishing things. The fact is that your good never gives you an excuse to justify sin. Jesus said, I have a number of things to say against you. Your good doesn't compensate for the sin that's in your life. Can I tell you as a Christian and me as a Christian, don't be the believer that follows God but compensates for the tolerance of sin. What does that person do? This is the husband. Okay, stay with me. This is the husband that says, rude things at home, is harsh, quick-tempered, and says, but I provide for the family, don't I? Justifying, I can be a jerk to my family because I bring home the bacon. Hey, don't try to compensate. Don't be that. Don't be the wife. Don't be the mom that says, I'm allowed to be rude in these areas. I'm allowed to be unkind with my, my words. I'm allowed to be unkind with my actions because look at the things that I do for you. Man, may God help me not to be that person, but may God help us not to be that Christian. Hey, God, look at everything I'm doing for you. Oh, Lord, I know, I know. I know there's that area over there you keep talking to me about, but God, look, I'm at church. Yeah, God, I know I, I know I shouldn't speak that way, but God, look, I read my Bible today. Hey, understand that no amount of loving and sacrificial work can compensate for tolerance of sin, number four. If I'm gonna go against the flow, recognize that when I've allowed sin into my life, what do I do? Repent. Just repent. I love the grace of God that is there in verse number 21. I gave her space to repent. You know what God will always do? Hey, believer, God... Oh, I love it. God is not a God that's like, oh, you sinned once, you're done. You know what God does? Hey, 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 no, no, no. Not good for you. No, what I have is better. Hey, nope, turn your eyes to me. Nope, look to me. Hey, look to me. Hey, here's grace. Hey, here's open arms. He is literally the everlasting father with open arms, he gives space for repentance. So when, when there's sin in your life, repent. Don't wait to get caught, repent. Repentance is a change of mind. It's not penance, it's not compensating. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. God, I am changing my mind about this sin. It's in my life. You say it's wrong. I say it's wrong. I am changing my action. And lastly today, in order to be that Christian that doesn't go with the flow, the one who goes against the flow, you gotta recognize that what the Lord offers is better than anything this world offers. I, I, we don't have time to do it. But if you look at the end of every one of the letters, you find the phrase, to him that overcome, or to, to him that overcometh. And we, we wrote about, we just said a minute ago that that's about the believer. To the believers in Ephesus, he said, hey, to the believer, I promise you eternal life in the new creation. 
you'll know my love forever. To the, to the folks in Smyrna, uh, verse number 11, Jesus said, hey, to the believer, to the overcomer there, you need to know that they can kill you once, but they'll, they, they can't kill you a second time. Believer, you have everlasting life waiting for you. To the believers in, in Pergamos, he said to them, hey, to the overcomer, one day you will feast on the manna with me. You will be a part of that great meal and, and you will be presented a white stone and a white stone representing, representing one of three things, either victory, representing uh, exoneration from a crime or representing an invitation to a, uh, something fancy with your name written right on it. Here's what Jesus said, hey, to you as a believer, you know what you have? You have a new name written down in heaven and you one day will feast with me and I have invited you into my presence for all eternity. And because of my death, burial, and resurrection, you have the white stone of exoneration. You are made righteous before a holy God. Hey, believer, you will overcome. You are the overcomer. And then to these believers in Thyatira, he says to them, to the overcomer, you will rule and you will reign with me and you will be with me for all of eternity. What is he helping them understand? Hey, you are living in a corrupt culture and you are surrounded by people that worship Apollo and you are infiltrated with this false spirit of Jezebel. But I wanna tell you, believer, that I am, still in, I am still in control and I have great things in store for you. You are an overcomer. Stay with it, hold fast. You can do this. Man, the message over and over to the believers is this. I've got you and you've got this. That was to the church at Smyrna, but it's to every single church. And Christian, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but you need to be reminded that what the Lord offers is better than anything this world can offer. I love the song my wife sings, you can have this world, just give me Jesus. Man, that great old song, you can have everything, just give me Jesus. And at the end of this, you know what he says? Oh, by the way, I'll also be, I am the morning star. You're gonna be in my presence forever. Hey, Christian, you can stand strong in a corrupt culture. Hey, Christian, you can go against the flow. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. So I ask you today just a question. And that question is this. Which group do you find yourself in today? What group are you in? Are you a Christian that's compromising? Well, it's just one time. Are you a Christian that's compensating? Well, God, look at all these. I know there's that area, but look at all the good. Are you a Christian that's refusing to repent? Are you a Christian that's being corrupted by false teaching because you're not filtering it through the word of God? Or today, are you a Christian that's saying, no, I'm standing firm. Can I encourage you today? Make up your mind that this week, uh, you don't, don't do this whole thing. All right, God, from here on out, it's me and you. I'm not asking you to make a commitment for your life. Make a commitment for today. <laughs> hey, God, today I'm gonna stand firm. And God, this week with your help, I'm gonna stand firm. God, this week with your help, I'm gonna filter everything through the word of God. I'm not gonna compromise my beliefs. I'm not gonna compensate. God, if there's sin in my life, I'm gonna repent. And Lord, I'm gonna realize that what you offer is way better than what this, world's offer, what this world offers because God, I know you. They may have Apollo, but I've got the perfect God. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. And maybe you're here today 
and you find yourself in the first group, compromising, not filtering things through the word of God, you find yourself with sin in your life, unrepented of, hey, today, let today be the day that you get that right with him. Let today be the day that you just say, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Let today be the day that you say, God, this week, I'm gonna filter everything through your word. Maybe you're in the second group. You are standing strong. Would you pray and ask God, God, help me to stay strong. God, help me to stay in the word. God, if there's sin in my life, show me. Lord, help me to remember that what you offer is way better than what this world offers. But maybe today you're not in the group of believers. Maybe you don't know if you died today that you'd go to heaven. If you're here this morning and you don't know that Jesus Christ is in your life, right now, you could pray and receive Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus loves you and he died for you and for me, for our sin. Because of our sin, he went to the cross. And when he died, he took your sin and my sin with him. He died for our sin in our place. And then he was buried and three days later, he rose again from the dead to prove that he is God and to prove that he can be trusted, to prove that you could believe in him. And if you're with us in person today or maybe online and you don't know that heaven is where you'd spend eternity, you don't know that you've ever believed in him, today could be the day that you make that decision. How do I do that? It's simple. It's between you and God. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I sin before you. And today I believe in Jesus and I choose Jesus. I choose to put my faith and my trust in him, in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And you could make that decision. You could pray that prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's you confessing with your mouth that you believe in your heart that what Jesus said is true. And if you need to make that decision today, I pray that you would do that.